We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host, as always. And uh, joining me today are my guys, Tyler and Alex. Alex, let's start with you, man. How are you doing today? Uh, he, I'm good to be here, and I'm in- excited to see and ruin the 17th pick. Uh, I will try to do my best to ruin the rest of the draft for everyone, so I hope everyone's excited. Yeah, no, uh, no Federian Mathis in the third round today, please. Federian Mathis in the first round? Is that what you mean? <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> if we're going to take a defensive tackle, I'll take another one. Um, uh, <laughs> Tyler's here as well, man. Tyler, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Can't wait to do this. We've dropped, we've watched more guys in this mock draft simulation. So I feel like we'll know a little bit more about this draft, but still long way to go for all of us. But we're, we're getting there. Thanks for hanging in with us. Yeah, you know, the Chargers, of course, having uh, six, six picks in the last two rounds of the draft. There's going to be some uh, question marks that nobody knows who they are. It's just kind of the, the nature of the beast this year, but uh, really excited to dive in today. Um, you know, we, we had planned some some time to talk about some of these press conferences that happened today <laughs> from uh, Troy Reader, Gerald Everett and uh, Mr. DeAndre Carter. There wasn't a whole lot, but I there was one comment from Troy reader that I wanted to mention really quickly here. Um, and really it was his, his comments about kind of what is expected of the linebacker position uh, in Brandon Staley's defense. And so this is kind of a, a question that has been asked a, a few times, you know, MV talent, our, our guy in the chat, welcome in. 
um, and kind of asked us this question a couple of weeks ago. So I figured this was a good time to mention. And so a couple of the things that really stood out to me from Troy Reader's comments um, really are his his expectations of what playing linebacker is in this scheme and something that he specifically highlighted was how frequently these players, these linebackers are the only linebacker on the field and they kind of have to cover up warts in certain other areas. And then his other comment that was interesting to me was really that uh, communication was at a premium. And so, you know, there are all these different things that the chargers ask of their linebacker position as well as the safety position. Uh, but basically kind of pointing towards more cerebral types of the linebacker position types that are effective communicators as opposed to the freak athletes at the position or high-end draft picks, if you will, or high-end free agent uh, additions as well. Awesome. I'm glad communication and being smart upstairs is good for this defense. Uh, (laughs) Not sure that was showing a lot on linebacker last season. Oh, wait, it was. Uh, but that's currently gone. Yeah. And um, the whole concept of the Chargers only having you know one linebacker on the field pretty frequently, maybe two. I mean, that's fine for your defense, but you have five linebackers now. You went and signed another linebacker. So, like, you only have – he acknowledges that we're only having one, maybe two at a time, but they have five on their roster. Maybe someone's in danger and we don't know that, but – like. It kind of seems like a waste of a roster spot. If you know that this defense only has one or two guys, why are we carrying five linebackers? So uh, thanks for the comments, Troy Reader. Uh, not a huge fan of the situation currently. Yeah, um, it, it's it's kind of weird that he would say that uh, in terms of they just want communicators and, and cerebral types because they feel like that signifies you know what the current... Mm, I guess, holdovers from the previous coaching administration. I mean, obviously, Kenneth Murray was an Anthony Lynn draft pick, uh, and and we've gone through that. So he's still your linebacker one, despite the fact he was kind of drafted to be that freak athlete, uh, originally had the green dot role in Gus Bradley's uh, defense back then. But he, he was sort of drafted to, like, be that guy, not just kind of see ball, get ball, make the play when you can. Um, and so now in this defense he's sort of just kind of wandering around a little bit out there uh and doesn't really have the same role that he did there so i feel like that that troy reader comment kind of not that that's what troy reader meant but it sort of undercuts the current problem with the linebacker room which is like well we want all these cerebral guys and we want all these guys uh to kind of communicate but also our linebacker one isn't really a communicator and he's had his struggles recently right so um i yeah, I don't know. And they let the best communicator slash, you know, producer of the linebacker room walk like we've talked about to death at this point. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's I mean, it just kind of adds more frustration to the fire a little bit. But, um, you know, at least in terms of, you know, what the position entails at this point, I feel like, you know, reader kind of gave us some clarity in terms of maybe why they don't necessarily value elite traits as opposed to you know, the mental makeup of things. And I will say that Drew Tranquil is a very effective communicator. He is an effective, you know, cerebral kind of player. So, um, you know, whether that's him and Troy Reader or, or Nick Neiman starting or Eamon Ogbogmamiga, like we kind of expect, um, remains to be seen. So uh, that being said, we're going to jump into our third mock draft of the draft season right now. Uh, just like last time, we are going to uh, do a snake draft. Alex does have the first pick. Uh, I wonder who he's going to take. I, I can't wait to see how that one pans out. But 
Uh, so Alex will go first, then Tyler, Tyler, then me, and then we'll snake it. So I'll take the fifth round and then Tyler and then Alex and, and so forth. So uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about kind of how we see the top 15 shaking out in front of the Chargers or top 16, I should say. Um, and just kind of some some quick general thoughts on, on maybe how we see things shaking out. So, um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to mention here, I was going through our list in terms of our rankings and there were, uh, I think, two of our positional ranking groups where we had an undisputed uh, first rank at that position and one happened to be at edge rusher and mm-hmm. uh, that was Aiden Hutchinson. So um, I think we can pencil Aiden Hutchinson at first overall. Any Either of you guys kind of buy the Trayvon Walker smoke that's been happening as of late? Um, I don't buy it. I buy that the leadership in Jacksonville could potentially be dumb enough to do it <laughs> because they're dumb. Um, but no, I I still think you have to go with Aiden Hutchinson, especially with what they've done to fortify the offensive line in Jacksonville and kind of make their investments where they have down there. So to me, Aiden Hutchinson is kind of a no-brainer. Uh, I get why they would go with Walker, but um, in, in theory at least. But at this point, no, I think you would have to go with Hutchinson. Yeah, I don't buy it at all. Uh, but again, like Alex said, the whole Jacksonville thing, maybe if the Giants were there, sure, I, I could definitely see it happening. But I just, you can't be a team like that looks at the numbers. I know numbers aren't always everything, but I think it's PFF Austin who's been posting some of the, the win rates and the pressure rates and all that. And Walker's stats on and this pass rusher are so, so bad. Yeah. They're not good. I, I did my composite rankings and did a big board of them. And Trevon Walker is on there as the most overrated player twice. Um, <laughs> one for defensive tackle, one for edge rusher. Yeah. Because of his pass rush productivity and win rate and all that. And I know that's not everything. And he has a skill set that's incredible. Alex is dying, apparently. Um, Alex is bailing out of the 17th pick. But to me, Hutchinson... And, and even really Thibodeau, to be completely honest, those two should go ahead of Walker at the very least. Yeah, you know, I was listening to the athletic football show and Robert Mays made the point that, you know, everybody's kind of making the Alden Smith connection with Jacksonville and Trent Balky, But it's like Alden Smith was a highly productive player in college. You know, the, the, it was kind of a the bet on traits was kind of a tie breaking situation. It wasn't like, oh, this player is clearly better or worse like it was him and kind of cam jordan were the two mm-hmm. of that class and so the 49ers bet on the tools of alden smith that's not the case here with aiden hutchinson and trayvon walker man like aiden hutchin is hutchinson was arguably the best player in this class and certainly one of the more dominant ones so uh tyler if you could force aiden Ch- hutchinson first overall that'd be great i think you can still do that on tdn can i do that or do you need TDN premium or something to do it? I have premium, but how do I force the pick? Uh, I thought you could force it. At least you used to be able to. Hmm. I don't think so. I'm not sure. And I'm, I'm in premium, too. So I would have to go through, or I'd have to go back and select every team in front of the Chargers, and then we'd have to do all their picks for the rest of the draft. And uh, that's not happening. Okay, no. so uh, <laughs> that's all right. We'll make a pivot. Um, in terms of another interesting team, I wanted to mention, obviously the jets are, are kind of one of the teams that ha- they obviously have the two top picks. You know, there's a lot of smoke right now that they're potentially taking 
a receiver at the fourth pick as a way to kind of ensure that they get their choice of player. You know, obviously there's Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jamison Williams here. Um, but I don't know, man, like the Jets and the Giants are really very interesting teams. Obviously, you know, there's rumors that the Giants could be trading back from the seventh pick uh, potentially for one of these teams that does want a quarterback or, you know, kind of the last of the big three tackles. But um I don't know in terms of the Chargers impact, right? Like I think if they do want to trade up for a Derek Stingley or trade up for a Charles Cross, I feel like they have to get up to that number 10 spot and get ahead of the Washington football team, Vikings, Texans, Ravens kind of uh, crowd there. Right. I would love for them to take Drake London at four, to be completely honest, or I'd even love them to take Drake London at 10, but I, I just... I can't get behind who who is the receiver that they'd be in love with. I know that some people are talking about they love speed, you know, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, those guys are are really, really fast, but that isn't exactly do you do you just get another one of those guys? There's nobody worth the fourth overall pick in this class. I mean, Jamar Chase is what fifth? You know, there's, there's certainly nobody worth the fourth pick in this class, not with the guys that are there. So, you know, could they trade back? Sure. Uh, but to me, there's only so many elite talents, you know, elite blue chip prospects in this draft. I'm just, I'm, I would just stay put and take one of the edge rushers or tackles. Yeah. Um, I also think that they should kind of be a cornerback destination too. I mean, if we're talking about them potentially going with someone like Sauce Gardner, obviously I think Derek Stingley will go a little bit later because of the injury concerns. Um, but I mean, I'm looking just at their depth chart in general and their starting cornerbacks are Bryce Hall and DJ Reed. Um, so, like, not yeah. really anything great in the secondary cooking up over there. Uh, obviously, you know, I think they um, they signed uh, Jordan Whitehead for all that money from from Tampa. Um, so, I mean, they're they're still kind of trying to rebuild there. They drafted Ashton Davis, but um, I don't know. For me, I think the front end of their defense is actually kind of okay. I mean, it's not great, um, but I would pay attention to that back end and. They have invested a lot at receiver. I mean, not, you know, they paid Corey Davis all that money. Um, Elijah Moore, you're kind of hoping for him sort of to continue his development and what he showed uh, towards the end of last year. And Denzel Mims, I don't know. I I don't know if he still exists in their plans. Um, But to me, you could take a receiver here, but I actually think their problems uh, are much more chronic kind of on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's kind of where you could, you know, draft uh, someone like a Sauce Gardner. Yeah, they've been a, a common Garrett Wilson mock at number 10. And to me, he's just too similar to what they have in Moore and Corey Davis. So, I mean, maybe that's the plan, right, is just get three really fast, really route-running separation kind of players and, and you know, just get open as soon as possible. But I think we've seen from other NFL teams, right, that you want different body types, you want different skill sets. Mm-hmm. So to me, like the 10th pick is – a Drake London or a Jamison Williams kind of selection or opportunity uh, because of that fact. So uh, Joe was uh, must have reading must have been reading my mind because I did want to talk about the Kyle Hamilton situation. Uh, currently meeting the Pittsburgh Steelers and mm. has been kind of uh, meeting and, and doing Zoom calls with teams kind of in the late teens. And so my question to you and Tyler start here. If Kyle Hamilton is on the board, how quickly is Tom Telesco running that card in and making that selection? Oh, geez. Uh, if he's on the board, because of the Notre Dame factor, right? Like, this yeah, is right. Pretty no, easily I mean, the Notre Dame, the, the best Notre Dame prospect we've seen in quite some time. So, yeah, you know how Tom Telesco likes that program. Obviously, not 
purely from a skill and talent standpoint. Right. I mean, that would be best player available. It's, it, was it a totally a position of need? Not really, but you know, Nasir Adderley is not exactly a Staley guy. And to be completely honest, this is Staley's pick. Like if, if Hamilton is there and Staley wants him, Staley's going to run up there and pick it for him. So yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. If he's there at 17, absolutely. I think the chargers would take him. That fits in line with what they want. More defensive backs. Um, am I a fan of it? You know, good player. Absolutely. I just don't know if I'm a huge fan of a safety there. But if it's Kyle Hamilton, I would get it. I could get why they would go for him. And at that point, at 17, he's probably the best player available by a bit. Yeah, I get why they would do it um, if he is there. I almost wonder if you draft him. Like, obviously, you have Derwin James, so you can play two safeties. So it's not like it's redundant. But I kind of wonder if they view the nature of what Kyle Hamilton does on the field as being a little bit redundant with someone like Derwin James. Um, that is kind of like my only hesitance kind of with the pick there. Sure. And I do feel like because they have Derwin James in that safety room, they can kind of fill the rest of it out around him uh, and then focus more of those resources as they already have this offseason on getting cornerbacks uh, and loading up there. So to me, I think they could. And if he drops far enough, then the value is there. You can, you know, go BPA like Tom Telesco has a lot of times. Um, but uh, I don't think it would be as as much of a slam dunk as kind of we would think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, P. Eckhart points out, you know, Jerry Tillery exists. Tyler said, Chris Watt, everyone's sorry. So I uh, had to have some fun there. All right, uh, guys, any other uh, team that kind of stands out in front of the Chargers that, that you want to mention here? Um, not necessarily mentioned, but I, my eyes are obviously on the Eagles and the Saints here. What, what they do definitely will determine what happens for the Chargers, possibly the Ravens if they take Penning. Yeah, uh, I think the Ravens are, are the team that I think determines the domino effect the most a little bit in terms of what happens, because if they take um, potentially an offensive tackle there, like a Trevor Penning or Charles Cross, then you know that kind of sets into motion what happens with the Eagles and the Saints and then the Chargers. Um, if they were to, in theory, take a wide receiver or cornerback, that also sets it into motion there. So they're the team where I feel like we start talking about like, what happens with the Chargers at 17 uh, based on what happens with the Ravens at 14. Yeah. And, you know, on that note, uh, you know, Tyler did a fantastic video last week about, you know, kind of the, the most likely scenario pointing towards Trevor Penning at 17, um, just based off of mock drafts and Vegas odds and things like that. And uh, there's been a slight shift, at least on NFL mock draft database. They currently have Trevor Penning as the most likely selection to the New Orleans Saints at 16. So obviously those who are listening know that we are not the biggest fans of Trevor Penning on this show. Uh, so let's hope that uh, becomes true. So uh, that being said, Tyler, let's uh, let's kick off this mock draft here and then we'll uh, talk about some scenarios that happen uh, at 17 once we get there. All righty. Come on, Saints. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Okay, Malik Willis to the Falcons. All right, that's an interesting one. Oh, we got trade offer. No. Can he pick it at 16? Not exactly what we wanted here. <laughs> I mean, Kyle, it depends. We sort of get what we want without getting exactly, but it works. Um, Kyle <laughs> Hamilton, too. Again, I like Hamilton. I don't think he's just the second best player. And the Lions aren't. It feels like a luxury pick to me. Neil Aquanu go. Walker to the Giants. I feel like that'll happen. They go with Walker and Cross. I like that. 
Seahawks get Gardner, Willis to the Falcons, Garrett Wilson to the Washington. What are they? Commanders. Commanders. Yeah. Oh, I was, about to, I, was, I was about to say football team. Right, me too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Vikings get Jordan Davis, so he's off the board. Jermaine Johnson to the Ravens. I'm, I'm sure is one of the most popular picks. Andrew yeah. Booth. We talked about with the injury and the core muscle surgery and the the knees and the flare ups and the tendonitis. Uh, he was going 13th to the Texans, but to me, he's further back than that now. Um, so the big one. How do you feel about Drake London to the Eagles, Alex? Um, I mean, it's fine. I, I would be disappointed if they <laughs> took him over, uh, Olave or Williams though, even though sure. I have him. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like they do need more of like a speed athletic threat, but they also don't, I mean, the difference between them and the chargers is they don't have like a Mike Williams. So, I mean, if they were to get yeah. Drake London, I mean, that would be really good for their receiver room in general still. I yeah. mean, if they're taking Drake London, then obviously they think Quez Watkins is kind of that speed threat. So, again, that's kind of the different body type. So, right. I, I think it could certainly happen if Drake London is there. Um, yeah, the Andrew Booth thing, I would be shocked if he was a top 25 pick at this point um, based off of just kind of the lack of clarity around his health. I mean, he still is not clear for football duty. So, um, obviously, the, this board fell rather nicely <laughs> for the Chargers. And as everyone is kind of pointing out, Jamison Williams is on the board. So is Trevor Penning, Devontae Wyatt, Chris Olave, Zion Johnson. Uh, lots of woohoo Jameson Williams. Uh, so I guess in this this point, this case, before we hand it over to Alex, since this is the first round pick here, um, kind of line out your priorities here in the first round and potentially talk about players that you would prefer to see picked here. Tyler, uh, we'll start with you if you want to do like your top three in terms of preference. And, you know, maybe lie on some other scenarios if you want to as well. Yeah. So, so Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah, they both said, especially Daniel Jeremiah said that he thinks that they're going to go corner at this point. So I do think obviously with the corners that are available, that McDuffie would be my selection. And that's something definitely worth keeping an eye on. Can't rule out corner. Uh, we, we already basically had this discussion with McDuffie, Williams and Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. I, again, I do feel like we can find some wide receivers later who make things work. But Williams is the only, like, if Olave was here, it would have been Johnson or McDuffie. But because Williams is here, he's the guy that I think is worth that 17th pick. I don't think Olave is worth the 17th pick. Not that I think he's bad, but just trade back and get Sky Moore or get somebody else later on, Khalil Shakir, any, literally anybody else. Jamison Williams is different. And so of this group, um, Williams, then McDuffie, or maybe a tie there. Again, I do prefer defense before wide receiver like that but williams mcduffie johnson and then trevor penning well maybe then chris olave <laughs> then tyler linderbaum and george Loftus, and devin lloyd and dax hill then then Kyrie trevor- Long, then yeah, Jahan yeah, yeah. Dotson, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. so that's my priorities no i think i'm on the same page here sorry to cut you off alex but i'm gonna let you kind of put a bow on it and then of course make your selection so I've said this all along. I think my priority, like in terms of best case scenario, Charles Cross would be my ultimate like dream scenario. And then I think Jamison Williams is probably a close second. So, um, you know, take that for what it's worth as the resident trench man, if you will. I would still take uh, Jamison Williams over Zion Johnson, over Trevor Penning, over Jordan Davis, obviously. So I think ultimately in terms of players that I think are likely on the board, I think my preferences would be Zion Johnson one, uh, Trent McDuffie and then Daxton Hill would be two and three for me personally. Um, but obviously Jamison Williams is on this board. So 
Um, Alex, I'll let you take it away, man. And you can kind of do the same thing, rank your preferences, and then uh, of course make your selection. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think if we're just kind of outlining this in terms of need, like offensive tackle, as people pointed out and we pointed out is the much bigger need than receiver, um, in terms of what they're going to do at the right tackle right. spot. Um, but at the same time, like, I, I just think this pick is, and, and what the chargers are going to do here just reminds me a little bit, uh, Obviously, it's a little bit different, but it reminds me of the kind of Jamar Chase, you know, Penny Sewell debate from last year. Obviously, uh, it's kind of like, you know, who sort of raises your ceiling versus who holds the floor. Uh, and I think Trevor Penning, especially the difference between Trevor Penning and Jameson Williams as prospects. Um, I think you're sort of betting on Trevor Penning to develop later, hold down your right tackle spot um, for potentially years to come. But there will be some early struggles, I think, year one, year two. Uh, and then you sort of hope he develops in, you know, kind of later down the road. Um, but no, I, I just think with this pick and the guys that are there, I'm not saying I would not take Penning under any circumstances. You know, there's sure. certainly ways that the draft board could shake out or if the Chargers trade back where I think Trevor Penning makes sense. And I think that in terms of, you know, his high athletic traits, he, you know, he makes a lot of sense for the team there. Um, but I just think that this offense or this defense as a whole, if you want to go cornerback or if you want to go edge at this point, um, even with a, a George Karloftis type player or Trent McDuffie, like we've said, you know, you could do that. Um, but yeah, no, I just think if you were to take a Jamison Williams or even a Chris Olave at this point, that just, it, it boosts your offense to being one of the clear best in the AFC. Um, yeah. Obviously having Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and I think that the timelines for that contract kind of line up a, a little bit nicely with what the Chargers have developed because they sort of have uh, Mike Williams on this three-year deal. They have Keenan on this three-year deal, and now they get a free, basically, you know, not free, but they get a pretty cheap five years out of either Jameson Williams or Chris Olave mm -hmm. or one of the mm -hmm. wide receivers here. Um, so, yes, they do have this right tackle problem, but I'm much more comfortable, especially with the selection of Rashawn Slater last year, signing a Riley Rife or doing something after the draft to address that need than I am betting on a Trevor Penning experiment. So that's why he's yeah. kind of out for me at this point in 17th pick. Um, and ultimately not to, not to drive the suspense any further, <laughs> but I will be taking Jamison Williams with this yeah. pick. I think he yeah. ultimately, you know, raises the charger ceiling to being one of the clear AFC favorites, you know, in that group of three or four teams, that have a legit chance to win it. You can figure out what to do with the right tackle later if there isn't a prospect like a cross or a Quanu uh, or someone there to you know really bolster your chances uh, of fortifying that. Uh, if you, it, it, if it's between betting on Penning or betting on the upside of Jameson Williams uh, and what he can do with this team, really from day one once he returns from injury, um, it's Jameson Williams, no debate for me. Yep, yeah, I totally think this agree. Is the right selection. Mm -hmm. And it, the mock, obviously, it's a mock draft simulation. That's not always accurate, but this is, I think, the five mock drafts that I did today. Williams is always available, so definitely worth considering. Um, definitely possible for sure. A couple super chats. One from Brian Plant here. Thank you for the twenty dollars super chat. Do you think it's possible the Chargers already have deals in place with free agents and just don't want to show their hand for draft reasons? To me, I think this ties right into this pick. I think that the Chargers know, like, they have a basically a verbal deal sort of communication. With Ode Ibushi, I think that's I think that's legitimately going to happen. I think he is going to be back. This to me comes down to Riley Reef. Do you think that, or even Dennis Kelly? 
do you guys think it's possible the Chargers either have a sort of agreement in place or will pursue or at least will pass on Penning to pursue a right tackle after the draft? Yeah, you know, certainly with Ode Abushi, I think that is likely. We know that Ode wants to be back on this team. Obviously, from our conversation that we had with him back in January, we know that um, they're kind of they kind of, kind of wanted to take their time on the rehab, or, or Ode's side at least wanted to, and kind of weigh his options down the road. So mm. I I do expect Ode to still return, and Daniel Popper has, has also kind of hinted at this several times. In terms of the right tackle position, I think they're kind of just waiting to see how the draft pans out, right? And, mm-hmm. and then kind of evaluate their options, you know, and that applies to potentially kicking Matt Filer out to right tackle. That applies to signing a free agent. So I think if the board falls a certain way, I do think that Zion Johnson is in play at 17. Kenyon Green, possibly, although I feel like Zion is pretty, you know, head and shoulders, the better prospect there and really fits the profile that the Chargers are have generally looked for um, you know, under Brandon Staley in terms of being, you know, just a, a hyper athlete and also a hyper intelligent human being. So um, I, I think that's kind of where that stands at the right tackle spot. But I'm definitely on the same page about Ode Ibushi being uh, a kind of a wink, wink, nod, nod agreement yeah. at this point. And then one more. Uh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, like, in terms of, you know, do they have deals in place with guys already? I think it's possible, but I also think if you are a Riley Rife or a tackle out here for that's trying to get a deal from a team, you also kind of want to drive your own price up because maybe you didn't get what you were wanting in the initial stage of free agency. So now there's going to be some team as a result of just the musical chairs nature of the draft that is like, well, shit, we don't have a right tackle. <laughs> we don't have someone we can rely on. Uh, either in later rounds and so now maybe we'll pay a slightly higher yearly premium or a slightly higher AAV yeah. for a one-year contract for Riley Rife or someone like that. Um, so I do think there is that nature to it where maybe they have some deals in place, but I also think just from a free agent standpoint that um, those guys might want to wait till they have a little bit more leverage after the draft. Yeah, I know specifically for Riley Reef or Rife or however you say it, I, I saw some Bengals fans saying that he was potentially considering retiring. Um, that that's kind of something that he's considering. I mean, he's had a couple injuries in back-to-back seasons, so I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think that's really something that these players who are in the later stages of their career kind of just take a while. Like we're seeing it with even Tyron Matthew, right? Like these guys, you know, just kind of want yeah. to you know, weigh all their options. Melvin Ingram took a while to sign with the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. So I think we're just in that kind of stage where these older veterans are just waiting until after the draft to see kind of what best offer remains out there. Absolutely. And then just as we can answer it now, or maybe as we go, I just want to make sure we got this because this is a very nice $20 super chat from Randall Turner. What projected performance level justifies picking Penning? Because Alex expected, and I think we all expected Storm Norton level and Passable to slightly above average or below average. They're not equivalent in his opinion. Storm equals pass. Average equals draft him. What? Disagree expectation. Uh, That's not really what I was saying. Okay. (laughs) Because when I said I expected Storm Norton level, you know, performance from him in year one, it was more the fact that, again, like we've said in that episode, he's jumping from, you know, the FCS to the NFL, right? And we've seen that either A, you know, the technique and penalty issues that he has in the FCS uh, that will take a while to adjust in the NFL. And then we've seen with even some of the more polished FCS prospects that we've had as of late, uh, even considering all of the guys last year, 
Spencer Brown was like the only one who played over 100 snaps as the Bills starting right tackle. Obviously, the Niners sat Trey Lance. Ellerson Smith didn't really make any inroads with the Giants in a significant way. Um, and then uh, Dylan Radunes, right, played about 100 snaps to the Titans, right? So like just with these FCS guys in general, you know, teams have wanted to, you know, let them marinate and let them kind of do their own thing before they get on the field. Um, it, to, to me, it's just like the, the drop off from a Charles Cross uh, or, you know, whoever you have as OT3. I, I just say him because he's more the consensus, even though he's me and Stevens uh, OT1. Uh, I, I do think the drop off from OT3 to Trevor Penning and what you're going to get out of him immediately for a team that's in win now mode. Uh, I just think that that's really what the discussion is. Um, saying Storm Norton level performance, like I know that's because people watch the Raiders and Cowboys games, people are going to be like, oh, well, that means you think he sucks. It's like, yeah, <laughs> he allowed 20 pressures in those two games, but he was fine the rest of the year, right? For what you want out of a rotational backup swing tackle i he's probably not the worst guy in the league like there's trent scotts and people out here too uh that are still collecting checks you know around the league so it was more that like you know what you're going to get out of him year one for a team that is in win now mode you know i just think there will be some initial struggles and you're probably going to see more of what trevor penning is the back half of year two in terms of what his like full potential is with this team um so for me it wasn't an easy like uh, you know, you pass on him if he's going to suck your one and you draft him if he's not going to. But it was just like, I don't think Penning matches their timeline. And I think also that, uh, you know, what you're going to get out of him this year is not what you're going to get out of Jameson Williams or Chris Olave or one of the cornerbacks. Yeah, you know, I think in general, like the offensive line is is a really difficult position jump. Like, obviously, we were very spoiled with Rashawn Slater last season. Right. And his, you know, immediate success. And, you know, you can point to like Tristan Wurst being great right away. But generally speaking, like it takes, you know, a season and a half to really like get in your groove as an offensive lineman. Specifically, you know, in this case for the Chargers, Trevor Penning would be switching positions. He would be uh, taking on the right tackle position. And, it, you know, his uh, status overall, his career arc, if you will, is really reminiscent to me of like a Colton Miller who I know Colton Miller played at UCLA, but, you know, he never really put it all together in college. He did kind of struggle against his higher end uh, opponents. You know, of course he was in the PAC 12 and obviously that's a better level of competition than the FCS, but you know, it took Colton Miller three years to really figure it out and become a serviceable, you know, above average offensive tackle, despite being, you know, an athletic freak. You can point to Garrett Bowles in a similar vein as well. So Certain offensive tackles just take a while, man. And, you know, I don't know if the Chargers can afford that risk with Trevor Penning. And again, you can like Trevor Penning as much as you want if you have him as the fourth best offensive tackle. I totally get that uh, line of thinking. I disagree with it. But I think everything that we know about the Chargers right now is that they need to elevate their team. They need to add a premium talent, yes. But they need it to be a very high floor player, too. And so that to me is why you take, you know, a Trey McDuffie, a Zion Johnson, somebody like that. In this case with, with Jamison Williams, I think you're getting a home run selection who mm -hmm. also has a very high floor because he is that speed threat and you can get in the ball in very creative ways. So I think this worked out and I think Trevor Penning could certainly become a, a better player than I think he can be. I just don't want to be the team to find that out. So I'm very happy in this 
instance that Jamison Williams was the selection. Where's Matt Ariza? Can can we can we slide over to him real quick? Before we... <laughs> oh, uh, well, too late. Uh, too late. Unfortunate. But uh, no, yeah, I, I completely agree with what Steven said about uh, Trevor Penning there. I think that at this point, you know, it's just even if you have him as OT4 and OT5, I think that even the most unbiased viewers of the class, like there's just a drop off between those first three guys. And then what happens with Trevor Penning, unless somehow you have Trevor Penning at OT1. But um, I think if we were talking about Trevor Penning being in the draft last year, uh, and let's say Slater and Sewell were off the board for the Chargers, then you know maybe you consider Trevor Penning because Chargers don't have a left tackle, but they already have their franchise left tackle. Yeah, and you know as it pertains to Jamison Williams and us labeling him as like a, there's no way he's going to be there, none of us have said that. No. I think everyone kind of acknowledges that there is a chance that he's there. I think it could be dubbed as a long shot, right? Like I think Jamison I- Williams's range is probably starts at the eighth pick with the Falcons and. You know, hopefully ends at the Chargers at 17. Hopefully the Chargers right. wouldn't pass on him. But, I mean, the NFL took Henry Ruggs first instead of, you know, right. Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson. Like, the NFL has constantly shown that they will take the fastest receiver first. You can point to John Ross there as well. I can't remember if he was first taken or not. But, you know, the way that the speed is kind of emphasized at the receiver position. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Jameson Williams was a top seven or eight collection or collection selection, excuse me. And uh, so, yeah, he's probably not on the board, but in this case he is. Yeah. And I think that just when you looked at the wide receiver, who were the top guys last year, I think the top three were just very straight consensus. Like it was Jamar, then Devonta, then Jalen. I don't think there is that consensus this year. I mean, obviously, we did our top 10 wide receiver list. We all came to the conclusion of a different number one. We all had Jamison Williams at different points. We all had, you know, uh, Traylon Burks varying widely. So I think that that's also kind of the case around the league. You know, you hear that the Eagles uh, might want a a faster receiver. Uh, Maybe they do want that Devonta Smith type. But you also hear maybe another team that will want that Garrett Wilson type player. Right. So if, you know, that obviously probably will happen earlier in the draft because we do think Garrett Wilson will go earlier, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was the first receiver taken. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Jameson. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised in, in theory, if it was also someone like Olave as well. Right. I think there's just a lot of variance with what could happen with this wide receiver group and who could go first in compare in contrast with last year. Yeah. All right. So uh, I think that's very well said, Alex um, Tyler, if you want to scroll down and just highlight a couple players, Obviously, I'm not going to ask you to highlight all 60 picks <laughs> that went in between, but just a few guys that kind of stood out to you. Yeah, I mean, right away, Trevor Penning to the Packers is a great situation for him. That's uh, Zion Johnson to the Cowboys. That's a great situation for him as well. Brooks to the Bills is going to be a real pain in the ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dax Hill to the Buccaneers. He's a guy who has a wide range, but... That'd be a great pick for them. Mm-hmm. Chiefs get George Karloftis and Christian Watson. That's not bad. Boye Mafia does sneak into the first round. Oh, Devin Lloyd to the Jaguars. <laughs> oh, Started over. On. At least someone won't kick him in the calf anymore. <laughs> we hope. We hope. Um, no, Doug, Doug's a good guy. <laughs> Falls finally to 35. Um, yeah, Raymond 39. Ebiketti. Ritter goes to the Seahawks. I feel like Ritter to the Seahawks has just become very consistent kind of everywhere. Um, and obviously, I know he's now with them, but um, I think that's interesting. So the Saints went Pickett, Olave, and then they went Falele. 
again, if you're going to develop anyone, Packers, Saints, it's a pretty good spot to go to. Pascal to the Eagles. That's another really interior defensive lineman to me. But um, Tariq Woolen, our favorite, goes to the Patriots. <laughs> uh, they'll make that work, though. That would be <laughs> – they turn him into Darrell yeah. Rivas 2.0 or something, man. <laughs> Darrell um, Rivas with 4-3 speed somehow. I believe Brees Hall is the first running back taken to the Bills. The Bills get yeah, Brees Hall a, and Traylon Burks. God help that's us been all. A common one. Yeah, that's been a really common connection there. Sillier to the uh, Packers. That's a good one. Spiller. Travis Jones to the third round now. Interesting. Uh, guys, I was give, definitely keeping an eye on heading into my pick. Drake Jackson to the Texans and Nick Benito to the Denver Broncos. I, I definitely was going to take Benito if he was there. I had a little slide for Benito just in case he was there, uh, but he's not. So never mind. I have to pivot elsewhere. Any of these names stand out to you guys? Yeah, I mean, Calvin Austin has obviously been a, a fan favorite uh, over this whole process. Obviously, taking Jamison Williams in the first round would knock him off the board anyway. But, uh, you know, I think it's a good fit for him out there in Indianapolis. Um, all right. So I guess the question here is where do we think the Chargers go next? Obviously, there's been a lot of cornerback uh, chat to the Chargers in the mm-hmm. first round. This could potentially be a scenario for them. Maybe offensive line, edge rushers. Obviously, there's been a, a run there. Uh, if Nick Bonito is is off the board, I assume this is uh, you know prime edge territory potentially. So, um, Alex, we'll start with you, and then uh, we'll get the, back to Tyler. Where are you uh, leaning here in terms of position, maybe? Um, I think in reality, if we're just purely doing this mock draft based on how the Chargers would do it, that you'd probably see wide receiver get picked here and maybe cornerback get picked in the first round. Um, or, you know, potentially you'd see edge here, but I think kind of the priority would be flipped. Um, or, you know, they take Trevor Penning in the first round or something like that. Uh, and then this is kind of your potential, you know, skill position player pick in reality. But here, obviously after we take Jameson Williams, um, this probably is a spot for cornerback, but also depends on who's on the board uh, and the value here. So, yeah, I'll kind of leave that up to Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I think to me, this this one has to be in a trench pick of some kind. Um, if Tyler, you want to go to the offensive tackle board, obviously I see Petit Frere, not a huge fan of him in general. Um, I mean, I know who I would take in this instance already seeing that second name on here. But I think if the Chargers do go receiver or corner, I would like to see them go offensive line in some form or fashion, whether that's, uh, you know, again, we don't I don't think that Ed Ingram would be on their board. Maybe this is a Marquise Hayes destination, maybe Abraham Lucas. But in general, I would like to see offensive line be this selection in the third round if they go corner or receiver in the first round. Yeah, I think the only guy of this offensive tackle group that I'd like to see them take and again, I do think Lucas is going to go earlier. So this to me just feels like, yay, he's here on this board. <laughs> Will he really be there? I don't know. But, you know, Gadecki is a guard. Walker I did not like. Volson's projected to be a guard. Although I, th- I think the Chargers met with Volson. Um, and then Petit Freer is fine. I think that's not the horrible pick, to be completely honest. Yeah. Uh, to me, though, I am going to go not offensive tackle here. And it's slightly to also just be a little bit different in our mocks because Hey, you know, everyone takes this guy, and then everyone takes Lucas, and then everyone takes Mitchell, and then everyone takes this guy, and then you know, <laughs> I'm just something a little bit different here. So, honestly, my preference, like if I were on draft night, who would I take? It's probably Lucas at this point. Again, edge 
if I liked somebody there enough. But to me, I think Steven can navigate edge a little bit later with some of these guys. Sam Williams, you know, all, all good and all good run defender, uh, kicked out of expelled from high school, uh, you know, had some charges yeah. and whatnot. So he's not on their board at all. Man, TDN uh, really does not like my Jay Sanders. Yeah, and I'm not like the biggest fan either. There's a couple guys possibly later that you could sort of work. But again, Benito being gone sucks. Jackson being gone sucks. That's where I would have gone. So to me, it actually comes down to corner. Not that it comes down to corner, but I want to do something a little bit different. Um, between Alante Taylor and actually Marcus Jones, the two very different styles at corner that you want. Um, but I both like I like both of them. They're very close on this board, obviously, 89th and 90th. Alante Taylor, more your outside guy. Put your hands on a guy. Um, you know, I think Steven and I both really like him. I think Alex had him in the top 10 as well. So this would be a great spot him for him for sure. I'm actually going to go with Marcus Jones. It's a very different pick, but I think he does what Staley wants out of Derwin James. What did he say that they needed to do with Derwin James, right? Let's get him as many guys as possible around him to free him up to do whatever. And to me, Marcus Jones, yes, I know he's 5'8". I don't know exactly how he would have tested I don't know if he had his pro day yet, but it's not entered it into his RAS score. So he's 5'8". Obviously, that's a slight problem, but this guy's a good corner, and he can play some safety. You can play some outside. You can play some inside. You can play some safety. You can use him as a returner. This is a guy who's very different than anything the Chargers have on their roster right now. You have JC Jackson. He's your premier outside guy. You have Asante Samuel Jr. And you have uh, Michael Davis, very much different, taller corner, of course. Marcus Jones is a guy you can move all over different positions, especially if Asante Zemel Jr. is your outside starter. Find a guy you can move all over your defense and who's a very different skill set. I'm going to go with Marcus Jones here. It's a very different pick, I know. Me personally, I'd probably go with Abraham Lucas, but I do want to consider this here because I think, I don't, I'm not going to say he's Dax Hill, but I think if you get, if you're passing on Dax Hill early and you think you can put Marcus Jones in a role where, he can play all over the field, play safety, play slot, play outside, eh, maybe not outside, but he can play all over your defense. I think Marcus Jones is a legit option for them if, if it's like an, an other guys of the draft. If you don't get Hill in round one, you could potentially get Marcus Jones round three. So um, I think I have Jones ranked behind Taylor, but we have Davis, we have Samuel Jr., we have JC Jackson. We don't have anybody like Marcus Jones. It would really change the dynamic of the secondary. So I'm going to go with him. Very different, I know, but I believe that Steven can also find tackle or edge later on <laughs> cool man i really appreciate that <laughs> i read your article i know who you like from four to seven that's true you do i um i will say that to me if the chargers are going to take a corner you know we talked about the need to be uh proactive and potentially replacing michael davis i think alante taylor really does check a lot of boxes obviously there's a direct coaching connection he shined at the senior role I think he does have that outside inside flexibility. I didn't see a, you know, Dax Hill, a poor man's Dax Hill for Marcus Jones. I did really, really like him. I do think he can play on the outside. He has that, you know, elite athleticism. I think, you know, again, he hasn't tested or isn't on the RAS page, but um, I think Marcus Jones is a really good player. I think third round is, is a little rich for my personal tastes. Yeah, well, and it's also kind of the makeup of the Chargers cornerback room that makes me think that Marcus Jones is not off their board per se, but I don't think he would be the cornerback that they would take there. I think in that situation, they probably would go with an Alante Taylor uh, as a potential Michael Davis replacement, uh, you know, once he leaves the team next year. But the, the Marcus Jones thing, 
I like him, but it's just like, well, you do have JC Jackson, who, as we already talked about, is, you know, doesn't play undersized, but is a little bit undersized. Asante Samuel Jr. is obviously shorter. Uh, and then you're kind of going to be adding Marcus Jones as your third corner, like Swiss Army Knife type player, even though he's not just going to be playing corner. I feel like that's a little bit too small, especially if you're in the AFC and you're going to be going against these physical freaks uh, like AJ Brown, Jamar Chase. Um, I, yeah, that pick worries me a little bit. I get why you would do it. But for me, I think I would go with Alante Taylor as more the natural Michael Davis replacement. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Any thoughts okay. there, Tyler? Nope. I, I totally understand. Again, I, I think I would have gone with Lucas there myself. Right. Taylor's more your outside guy, but I think again, we're sort yeah. of in a well, let's win now sort of thing. And I think Davis is going to be starting or in some capacity. I think Jones is just going to do something different for the Chargers this year. And also they don't have Carter pass next year as well. So they do need a returner. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, uh, Marcus Jones is one of the better punt returners in this class. So, you know, you could have uh deandre carter do your kick returns marcus jones do your punt returns and, and kind of mix and match there um i would just like yeah. to say with marcus jones from a uh injury standpoint really quick uh i think from uh his pro day he is recovering from two off-season uh shoulder surgeries he just had this year on both his left and his right shoulder sweet carrying that houston defense <laughs> <laughs> okay all right, let's. Uh, I see you on the tackles. Can you just scroll down for me? Yeah. Okay. Um, can you go to the interior offensive lineman, please? Mm-hmm. There's obviously another interior offensive lineman that's way down there, but. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, yes, in this instance, I am going to take that offensive lineman that's way down there. Uh, that is Marquise Hayes, the offensive uh, lineman from Oklahoma. TDN does not like him. I'm sure people you know, will freak out about this, but I think the Chargers at this point do need a starting caliber offensive lineman. Uh, I like Max Mitchell a lot. I think you could take a, a Matt Delesco from North Dakota as well. Those are two kind of longer-term developmental players. So I think in this instance – with receiver and corner off the board, I would need an, a surefire starting caliber offensive lineman. And so to me, that would be Marquise Hayes. I think you could take, you know, uh, 
I forget his first name right now, Leticus from Virginia Tech in this instance too. But I think Marquise Hayes just has the highest floor of an immediate starter right away in this instance. Uh, I did go back and watch his film after watching uh, or after talking about him with Tyler. Man is an absolute freight train. I have no doubt that he could come in right away and start. And uh, TDN having him at 326, is that what that says? Is yep. uh, absolutely bonkers. So I will be taking Marquise Hayes here. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm all for it. Marquise Hayes is ridiculous. Um, at worst, he's an st- excellent fit in the run game, starting yeah. immediately. He developed in the passing game. Uh, he would be fantastic for this line. Um, yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, why not right tackle then? Just because well, you know Hayes can start. Yeah, I just I needed an immediate starter right here. Um, mm-hmm. I think Max Mitchell needs you know a year of NFL strength mm-hmm. and training. You know, similar to a Chris Rumpf. I mean, Max Mitchell played at 290 according to Louisiana's website, and that's just you know not going to fly in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Walesco from North Dakota. I mean, it's the same kind of conversation with Trevor Penny. That's just a huge jump. And you're asking a fourth round small school offensive tackle to come in and start right away. So I'm just not necessarily comfortable with that. Um, I'm very interested in Gene DeLance. I'm interested in Nick Ford and some of these other guys at Cade Mays as well, mm-hmm. but I need a true day one starter on the offensive line. I think Marquise Hayes is, is absolutely the best player on that board and he could certainly go higher you know similar to abraham lucas we've seen offensive linemen really be you know flown up boards that's kind of why the chargers got stuck with trey pipkins is because there was this huge run on offensive linemen right and so offensive linemen generally go earlier than we think and again td and having him this low is ridiculous uh but in this instance i will be very happy to take marquise hayes cool works for me brandon thorne's interior offensive lineman four Again, don't know why he's 326, <laughs> but, you know, teach their own, I guess. Yeah, I will say Zach Tom from Wake Forest is definitely somebody that I'd be interested in as well. Um, I don't think he's a tackle. I think he's more of a guard center kind of player. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting background there, but uh, he was two picks before the Chargers. So uh, Marquis Hayes, very happy with that one. And here's the thing with, with tackle for me. Is Abraham, like, to the Chargers, do you think Abraham Lucas actually starts for them at right tackle or do you think they give it to pipkins and let lucas develop for a year no i think abraham lucas would be a day one starter for sure and i know i'm much higher on him than most but again you know with the way that this the drop off is at this at this position this offensive tackle class like if you're an nfl team picking in the 40s and you need you know a legitimate starter from day one like are you going to take an abraham lucas who had his best games against his best opponents who tested like a very high-end athlete, who has all the athletic measurables, who has the pass-blocking technique. I mean, he has over 2,000 pass-blocking snaps to his name, and he Mm. played four games in 2020 because of COVID. So I think Abraham Lucas is the cleanest second-tier evaluation. So I think if you're debating between him or Darian Kennard or Daniel Falele or Mm. any of these other smaller school guys, like you're going to take the cleaner evaluation, in my opinion. So to me, like, could he be on the board for the Chargers in the third round? Yeah, it, it's possible. I just don't expect it to happen because the right. position is so valuable, and the drop off after Cross and even Penning, if you know you want to, if you want to include him there, is so steep that I think Abraham Lucas is is definitely in play in the second round in general. So, and you know, I, I get the the content there for sure. 
Okay, you are up again. All right, so what do you guys think here? Uh, you know, we have our starter offensive lineman, we have our corner, we have our receiver. Uh, where would you lean here, Tyler? We'll start with you. Uh, having well, let me go through the options here. So I would obviously be looking for edge. I potentially would be looking at interior if you didn't take it. Um, obviously, my name on my stream yard this today is referencing Yama Uazarike, <laughs> so I wouldn't yeah. hate that. Uh, again, if there's a running back here you like, great to me. I think I'm still waiting. I, I, I honestly, I haven't done a whole lot on the some of these outside corners, but again, if they take another corner, you know, it, with two corners in the first four or five picks, that's still fine with me. Safety potentially, Adderley's on his final deal, a year of his deal. Based on what's here. I would go with someone like Barna, who they have met with. Alex Wright is also an intriguing option. Those two happen to be broken down by Gavino already. Um, we've already went receiver, so I'm not there. I'm not taking a punter. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely considering trenches here, whether it be potentially Uwazirike, who could be here, or one of the edge rushers like a Barna, like Wright. Yeah, I, th- I think on paper this is definitely uh, a trenches pick, whether that's interior defensive line or edge, like Tyler said. Um, I think Asan Haskins is interesting if you did want to go running back, but I do feel like we invested enough so far in the offense with a wide receiver and an interior offensive lineman that I don't think you have to take a running back right now uh, or take some other kind of you know tight end or whatever. Um, so for me, yeah, I think this pick would definitely be either interior defensive line uh, or... Yeah, I would say interior defensive line or edge. Yeah, I uh, I agree there. Although I will say, you know, Tariq Castro feels very tempting in this instance. Yeah. I do think yeah. the Chargers need, you know, kind of another outside corner in this instance. But right. uh, Tyler, will you go to the edges for me, please? Absolutely. And someone like Tariq, if they were to take a Marcus Jones or someone who's a little bit more undersized, then I think that maybe taking a Tariq Castro Fields could kind of be like a, a little bit of a hedge against that if you want someone who's a little bit bigger. But Yeah, absolutely. Um. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, Tyler's guy here, Uzurike from uh, Iowa State. So I think happy. he has the flexibility to, you know, be that five technique, four eye technique, three technique, really play across the line. Man is just an absolute bulldozer in the middle of the defense. Played a lot of nose tackle for Iowa State. That's because Iowa State's defensive scheme is is just absolutely ridiculous. I hate it so much. Um, I do not think that he is a, a nose tackle, but it, but it's good to know, obviously, yeah. that he can do that. And I think yeah. he really kind of fits the style of play that the Chargers are looking for. You know, we're seeing Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson, and the two of the things that those two players really excel at are, are kind of locking out their blockers, right, in one-on-one, in one-on-one situations, and then shedding a tackle and making a play. And I think it was Arike can absolutely do that. He does have some pass rush ability. Uh, kind of made Trevor Penning his bitch a little bit in that game. So uh, Awuzu Reiki, I think would be, I would be really excited about the selection. And I'm not crazy about any of these edge rushers at this point. I know they met with Barno, and I know that he ran like super fast at the 40-yard <laughs> yeah. at the combine. But again, I'd rather get somebody that I'm very confident can be an immediate player. And mm-hmm. I just don't think any of these edges left are truly like an upgrade over Chris Rump. So mm-hmm. in this instance, I would rather take the defensive lineman and maybe go get a, a veteran of some sort, a uh, pass rusher later on. Yeah, I'm, I'm all aboard. It was Enrique train here. I mean, of the 17 defensive tackles we have up, he was first in pressure, sacks, pass rush productivity, and pass rush win rate. So, yeah. doing like putting that on your roster, knowing that Jerry Tilly has to leave at some point, 
Is is Uza Rike <laughs> great against the run? Not necessarily. Neither is Jerry Tillery. And so getting a guy in round, what are we at, five now, who yeah. can develop, you know, next year can be, let's say he's a fifth-round pick now, but maybe he's worth a second or a third next year. You know, not for trading or anything, but, like, his, his value increased because he played in the NFL for a year. He got used to the scheme and everything. So having that just to plug in right when Tillery leaves, you still have Johnson, you still have Joseph Day. I think that's fantastic. You can play all over. Again, yes, made Trevor. If you watch, if you look at the thumbnail, it's was Arike with a little child, and it's actually Trevor Penning's face. Um, so I had I had some fun with that. <laughs> See, I like it was it was Arike quite a bit. Um, as far and as adversaries go, hmm? and I was just gonna say, and Jay Rogers, the Chargers' defensive line coach, was at the Iowa State Pro Day, and he was. deliberately was mm-hmm. you know working him out, going through position drills. So they are definitely interested in in him. Uh, you know, it kind of backs up what you know, they have shown, you know, meeting with him and things like that. So I think this would be a really solid pick. And I, he's definitely better than, than stopping the run than Jerry Tillery, man. I will say that, you know, <laughs> playing nose tackle, playing out of position. I think he yeah. really stood out for me in that regard as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was is a good pick here uh, just as a potential pass rush DT replacement. And I also think, you know, he is much better against the run than Jerry Tillery. Not that that's <laughs> saying a whole lot. Uh, but he is he is starting uh, from a better point, I think, there than Jerry Tillery did earlier in his career. Um, and I think with the signings of Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day, they do need someone who's a little bit more um, pass rush specific uh, mm-hmm. or someone who can add a little bit more there than someone who's going to be stopping the run um, pretty consistently. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely think you kind of want to go pass rush uh, ideal here. Um Maybe before free agency and before they got Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson, this could potentially have been like a, a Neil Farrell type spot. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think Muzurike after free agency kind of does make more sense for the Chargers. I think they definitely need to get some pass rushing ability in that uh, room right now outside of Tillery. And so um, this just checks a lot of boxes for me. So uh, let's make this selection, Tyler, and then Tyler will get on the clock and then we'll have back to back Alex picks. And then back to back me, and then we'll uh, finish it up. So um, I think at this point, it's safe to say Chargers do need kind of a long term developmental tackle prospect. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you know, they could certainly stand to add a defensive back, maybe safety corner kind of hybrid player. Uh, but we'll kind of see who's on the board after we get there. Absolutely. And a running back. We'll, we'll get there running back or i'll force alex <laughs> to do it or something i don't know oh I, i'll i love doing it you just just give me yeah i bet all right um so yeah ty chandler stands out quite a bit for me here but I, i'm not going to go running back uh castro field's almost there damone clark finishes his fall 187 that's such a bummer goodson has the connection to the chargers and who is it yeah uh running backs coach Derek foster thank you Looks right. Pierre Strong. He's kind of a freak athlete too, man. Like I didn't, was not expecting that. I mean, I, you see the speed on film and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. in terms of change of pace and, and other things, I mean, I think he jumped like 37 inches or something crazy. So Goodson's a, Goodson's a crazy good athlete. Absolutely. Ooh, wow. Okay. I can't believe he fell this far. So I, I wasn't really Ooh. looking for Deesh at this point. Do I want to pretend? Okay. So, what I do think it's possible think? that he's here, man. I really do. I don't know. People are starting to really move him up the boards. And again, that's not an NFL thing. That's a, a media speculation thing. But he's never here at this point. Okay, so I'll just I'll take Deesh, but I'll, I'll talk about a different tackle that I watched today. <laughs> he was a little bit further down. 
Um, Yadish is a really unfortunate name. Well, but, who's our, um, <laughs> it really is. Who's the other one you were, you were thinking about? Yeah, so I want to talk about Vidarian Lowe, who the Chargers have met with from Illinois. This guy yeah. is kind of reverse Abraham Lucas, where uh, pass work, pass blocking could use some work, but he's an excellent run blocker. In my, well, for his range, he's an excellent run blocker. Uh, this guy, uh, I have a, I was going to pull up. See, I, I almost did it, guys. I almost, I had Nick Benito ready. I had that ready. But oh. look at this. Look at Vidarian oh. comparison <laughs> here. Look at that right there. Uh, so <laughs> are we getting Sam Tevy in the six? Potentially. He awkwardly, for no reason, has a 90th percentile, 9.02, 10-yard split. And it shows on tape. He's actually as a quick get-off and can move down the field really, really well. I don't think he's a bad pass protector by any means, but you know, Abe Lucas is just like that sound, perfect pass protector. I think Lowe is definitely a road gritter. He played left tackle at Illinois for, I think, three and a half years, another half year or so at right tackle. So there is barely some flexibility there. Um, but sure, he could be a right tackle at the next level. Absolutely. The Chargers are interested in him. Kyle Krabs loves him as one of his favorite day three picks. I really like him. He's got obviously 35.375 inch arms. You know, he measures up pretty well to Sam Tevy, which again, like I, I specifically looked at this because I watched him and thought that his body frame and yes, size looked yeah. like Sam Tevy. So Vidarian Lowe does fit kind of what the Chargers would go for here. Um, and they've met with him. He was at the Shrine Bowl, not the Senior Bowl. So I was thinking about going for him, but Kalendish is, is kind of an easy one for me. A guy who I didn't think would test as well as he did, but he tested pretty darn well. People are very high on him. I like him quite a bit as just a sound good player. I think he's going to go earlier than this. Again, I don't think I've ever had a mock where he was here in round six, but he's here and they do need a developmental swing sort of tackle. I, I really do like Deej quite a bit. Him, West, White, watching a lot of those guys in the Arizona State offense. Uh, pretty good. So Deej, I'm going to take here in the sixth round to get ourselves a tackle. Will you go back to uh, the TDN? Oh, Sowie. That's okay. <laughs> no, I do think in general the Chargers are doing a lot of homework on that, you know, late day three. Yes, they are. Offensive tackle, maybe guard convert range. And I think Vidarian Lowe is in there. I think Gene DeLance is in there, who could certainly uh, be a selection here. Um, I forget his first name. Carter from, the, from Southern University is in there as well. Jair? Mm-hmm. Jatire? I can't remember. Um, anyways, so they are doing a lot of homework in this group as well. Um, Thoughts on Vidarian Low, Alex? Uh, <laughs> sounds good. Let's get another <laughs> Sam Tevy, and if he's our offensive tackle 17, that's great. He, yeah. In this instance, he would be OT4, probably. Yeah. Develop so. him, and then three years we can talk. <laughs> No, so I uh, definitely want to give a shout out to um, Finding Cal two four four six. He gave us a super chat and says, "I'm all for getting Pierre Strong in a later round." So, I think he was uh, already off the board here. I think I someone think he, took him. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. All right, so um, we mentioned running back. Obviously, Pierre Strong is is running back. Ty Chandler is off the board, right? Mm, no, Ty- yes. Oh, he's off the board now. Yeah, okay. he went to the Patriots. Perfect. Oh, God. Oh, awesome. awesome. Guy's going to be a 10-year Pro Bowl receiving back for, for the mm-hmm. Patriots. Awesome. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so I think, you know, this is kind of in range. Like I mentioned, I still think we needed to add another defensive back in here. Uh, maybe a tight end, as as Kapil points out, Charlie Kohler. I don't know if he's on the board still. Mm-hmm. Okay, he is. So um, those are kind of where I would target right here. Again, Alex has the next two picks here as we're doing our, our snake draft. So, um, Alex, what are you thinking overall in this instance? Um, I mean, I am looking not specifically for, I guess, anything, but at this point, I do think they probably need another offensive option that's not just a you know wide receiver. Obviously, we took Jameson Williams earlier. Um, I don't really love the value at running back right now. Not a mm-hmm. ton of guys that I love, so I probably would stay away from there. Um, uh, tight end is difficult uh, because now that they sort of, well, Actually, I guess it's not too difficult anymore because they let Steven Anderson uh, walk. Mm-hmm. But now you sort of have Trey McKitty as your you know tight end uh, three, so to speak. Donald Parham and uh, Gerald Everett sort of splitting tight end one T two in a weird way. Um, I guess if we're just talking about preparing for the future and like who's the best option here, considering Gerald Everett's not going to be here for long. I mean, I think he'll be here for two years uh, and then probably go. I don't think they totally buy Donald Parham's tight end one. Um, I actually will go with Charlie Kalar here. Um, I think there is a lot of upside uh, to his selection. Obviously, the RAS score and people pointed out that it's pretty similar to Travis Kelsey. And there just is that little like burst in his game. Um, obviously, as a, as a blocker, as all of the tight ends that we talked about in that tight end top five we did because we hate all the tight ends. Uh, (laughs) all of them need to get better at blocking and they all suck at blocking. But the upside to that is the Chargers have uh, two tight ends. uh, Really, really all three of them are pretty good blockers. I mean, Donald Parham is capable. Uh, You have Trey McKitty, who's a good blocker too. And Gerald Everett is obviously very solid at it uh, in comparison to previous uh, tight end one, Jared Cook. Um, So I think Charlie Kalar can just be kind of a, you know, high upside bet here. Uh, And if you can get him in the sixth round, uh, I I think that's, good enough value to the point where I would pass on running back for now. And I would also probably uh, pass on the quarterbacks as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line yeah i'm definitely curious what they're how they're going to sort out their tight end room because is it change a little bit is mckitty in his same role and Everett is just cook and parham is just parham and mckitty stays the same they still need that fullback type like likely or um a conquo obviously they're not here do they want to go with a power slot like charlie Kohler? like i really like him as a power slot option for sure. And I think of the tight ends that are remaining, definitely the best one remaining. Um, <laughs> right. Some Grant Calcaterra is interesting as a, as a barely, he's just a slot receiver. Um, but Collard is a great, you know, power slot kind of guy. So I could totally see that again, Everett. I don't know if they have an out after the first year, but obviously they have to move on from him at some point or, or keep him, you know, one of him or Parham. I feel like they can move on from who knows if McKitty even, keeps his role if mckitty does go to that steven anderson role then yeah they do need a third tight end and Kolar could definitely do that although not as much as a blocker but that's what you have parham and everett and sort of mckitty for so yeah i, I, I like i like the uh, selection yeah 
Let's make it happen. Okay, Charlie Kolar. All right, so we'll see. Oh, trade offer in the seventh round. Yes. <laughs> I really I really hope the Chargers take some of these comp picks and, and move up the board, man. I really do. But, again, that's not really Tom Telesco's MO, but uh, we'll see. Right. Did I see Tyquan Thornton just barely? Uh, he might have just been taken. Am I crazy? Is he lower than this? Justin Ross in round seven. Wow. That's good value. Oh, there he is. He went to the Broncos. Man, <laughs> Tyquan Thornton in the, in the late sixth? Or my gosh. Yeah, no, there's, there's a couple of guys. He's not going that's that late. Weird. That's Carroll's not going that late. Eric Johnson, I feel like that could be somebody going earlier too. Again, that's another guy the Chargers have met with. So mm-hmm. maybe uh Wuzurike later round kind of player. All right, uh, let's wrap this up a little bit quicker here. So Alex, just uh, go right ahead, man. Uh, running backs, what do we have? Enjoy. Uh, no, I'll ask. Okay, uh, let's go to the <laughs> all tab. My gosh. I thought you liked Abram Smith from Baylor. Oh, I don't know. Not not feeling it. Um, I was about to say search Isaiah Pacheco. Um, okay, no, let's... I mean, he's uh, probably there. All right, let's go to cornerbacks. Let's see, let's see what we have. I do think we need another defensive back. Um, uh, okay, I'll... I'll go with the Demarcus Fields, whose name is spelled properly. I don't remember which one that was. I think it the was A. It yeah. was the A. Okay, it was Dumb Marcus Fields. We took him in one of one of our previous drafts. Um, I could just see him as sort of an extra CB pick here. Um, mm-hmm. Me and he's kind of one of the cornerbacks that I know more about at this point. So I think that you kind of can take him along with Marcus Jones uh, in this draft and sort of be happy with your CB haul and and move forward. Um, maybe they would have rather have taken to Castro fields or somebody like that earlier. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think that you sort of just stock up on the quarterbacks here and every indication that we've had in the draft process has been that, uh, Staley wants to do that. Okay. Demarcus fields. All right. So I lied earlier. I think Tyler is up first and then I'll, I get the last two picks. Yeah. So I did a mock earlier. There's no last pick for us. It just ends okay, so PFF has it going all the way to t- to 260, and has I've always had an extra. I've always had the three sevenths on TDN. So today is the day they're just like, nope. Okay. So well, all I, right, I, you do this one, and then I'll do the last one. Awesome. Okay. Well, all the options I might have taken that I know anything about are all gone, um, or I can't take them anymore. I like Nick Four, but we kind of solved. Unless you think he can play center, Stephen. Uh, he he can do it. Yes, I just think that his best position is guard. Right. So okay, at this point, <laughs> I almost want to take him. So you don't have to take him, or you can't take him. <laughs> um, I would have. So the Chargers. I just want to talk about some guys. They did meet with Jakari Robertson or had a pre or a private workout with him. Yeah. Or whatever it was, he is definitely the Guyton replacement. Like he is exactly what they're looking for. Right down yeah. to him being the exact same size, exact same height. Um, less quick or less speedy down the field, but certainly better ball skills. Four or five, I think he ran, or four, four, nine, or something like that. Okay. Um, so not as fast as Guyton, but better hands, a much twitchier route runner at the top of his routes. So I would have probably, if if, if Alex went corner or something early, I would have gone with him there. 
but I won't do that receiver thing now. I think they've we basically figured out returner for sure at this point. Um, they've already got five linebackers, so I can't take Chance Campbell. We've already taken a defensive tackle, so I can't take McCall or Ellis. Nick Ford, Stuart Reese. Reese did pop for me when watching Delance. Not watching Delance. Watching Christian Harris. Stuart Reese definitely popped for me. He's one of those guys that I had to Google, like, hey, who is this? And he was draft <laughs> eligible. So, um, But I haven't watched him all the way through yet. Jared Stearns they've met with. They've met sorry. with, uh, sorry, really quickly. They have met with Nephi Sewell um, and apparently been in strong contact with him throughout oh. the process, according to uh, some of my Utah friends. But again, we already have five linebackers. and uh, Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, is I he really another like Sewell, Sewell brother? He is. He's actually the second. Okay. So he's older than Panay and younger than, or older than Panay and older than Noah. Um, he was a former safety guy, very undersized. I think he played at like 225 um, this past season. And I, so I really, really like him, of course. Obviously, I'm biased there. And he has been meeting with the Chargers and been in contact with the Chargers. But again, we have five linebackers right now. So. And that's that. And that's a lot of linebackers. Um, okay, so I I know who they've met with. I could go with the players they've met with. Everyone wants us to take Joey Blount. I'm not going to do that. I, I really do think as a maybe he's a center, maybe as a guard guy. I do not. First of all, I don't like Luke Wattenberg. I watched him punt a football 30 yards over the quarterback's head and then oh, run, fo- like, what? <laughs> and run forward in pass protection. Uh, that was awful. So <laughs> I'm not going to take Wattenberg. Um, even though he's more of a natural center. I actually am going to take Nick Ford at this point. Alrighty. I like him quite a bit. I, I love him in the seventh round for sure. And he's a guy, like you said, who has, I believe, played guard. He has played center, definitely played center. That's what I watched him as. You think he's more natural as a guard. But to me, you bulk up on into your offensive lineman. Is it, do we have another guard center guy after already having um, Hayes, after already having, so timeout. So Hayes is your right guard starter. Yes. First off, okay, just making yes. sure. Okay, so we don't have a bougie back, well, basically. Hayes would be starting, and you're kicking Matt Filer to right tackle in this instance. Okay, so we have so you could have Odie back. back, yeah, right. Okay, that's completely fine then. So that works either way. So Nick Ford, we don't have a Scott and Questenberry. I think Nick Ford. I'm not saying he's Scott Questenberry. I actually think maybe Nick Ford would be better as a prospect than Scott Questenberry. So I'm gonna go with Nick Ford here to kind of be a replacement Scott Questenberry. Again, it's pick two fifty four. Sue me. Yeah. I mean, like he has the center experience for sure. And I know that sure. he has, you know, the, the mental capacity of like handling all of that, all of the responsibilities because he thought does actually run a very, you know, pro style offense. And so Nick Ford does have to set protections at mm-hmm. Utah, which again, you know, they kind of prefer to have their best interior guy play center. So, I mean, I'm not going to be upset about this pick. I think Nick Ford is a fantastic player. He made my top 10. Uh, after watching Hayes and Zach Tom, I bumped him down to nine, I think. Mm. Um, so those are other players that I'm interested in. You know, Zach Tom is a really interesting case because he started his career at center and then moved to left tackle. Um, so that's an interesting one. But I think this late in the in the draft, right, you just draft a guy and you figure out the rest later. Like, you know, we've <laughs> Brendan Hymas was taking center reps the last week against the Raiders. Maybe he's your center of the future kind of uh, tweener player. Maybe that's Nick Ford. I don't really know. So at this point, I, I think you have to take a running back. We don't have one in this instance. Um, I would have probably taken one of those safeties, but you know, Alex took another corner, so I think we're fine there. Um, 
Can you scroll down a little bit? Sure. Okay, so I'm going to take uh, Keontae Ingram from USC. I think Abram Smith is also in play here. There hasn't been a ton of buzz about him, uh, but Baylor does do a lot of outside zone. Uh, mm. Oh, looks like we lost Alex for a second. Um, so Baylor does do a heavy outside zone run scheme as well. So Abram Smith may be in play. I just like Keontae Ingram a lot, man. I think he's very underrated. He's got the contact balance that I'm looking for. He's got the juice that I'm looking for. We need a running back. We don't have any other choice. So I'd be okay with Abram Smith. I'd be okay with Zonovan Knight from NC State. But mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Keontae Ingram from USC. Yeah, you brought him up a couple of times now. I have not watched some of these, like this group of running backs I haven't watched. Yeah. Ingram, USC, obviously the connection there, hard to pass. Chargers up. met with him at the pro day. They had him in for a local visit, I believe. So uh, there is some connections there. Nice. Okay, and there's another pick that we'll never get to use. <laughs> So it would have been our best pick, but it's not our fault. Um, Is Alex back? He's not back. Okay. He's not. So, well, (laughs) there's that. Run run us down through the list of of, uh, who we took. Sure. So Jamison Williams in the first round, then Marcus Jones in the third, Marquise Hayes in the fourth, Ioma Uwazarike in the fifth, Kellen Deesh, thank you, Kellen Deesh and Charlie Kolar in the sixth. And then Demarcus Fields, Nick Ford, and Keontae Ingram with our seventh round picks. There should be another one. Don't know where it went, but maybe we traded it <laughs> to move up for somebody. I don't know. All right. So Alex is back here as well. Yeah. So obviously the draft uh, sorry is... Sorry for technical uh, difficulties. I could not hear you guys for something. And then I had to close that out and reopen my browser. So I'm not sure what happens. All good. all good. So all you missed was that I, I took uh, Keontae Ingram in the, in the last round. So... Uh, I think this is much better than the first mock draft we did last time. I'd be very ha- happy with this uh, offensive improvement. Obviously, I think you you get your you know Jamison Williams pick. You get Marquise Hayes, a starter at guard. Keontae Ingram, I feel like, could contribute right away, as could Charlie Collar. So uh, I'd be pretty happy with this defensively as well. You get Marcus Jones. Uh, how do you say it? Oyema? Oyema? Ioma. Ioma? Uzurike mm-hmm. to uh, be that Jerry Tillery replacement as well. So... Uh, Alex, final thoughts on this uh, mock draft hall that we uh, selected today? Uh, like I said, after every mock draft, can't wait for the Chargers to take none of these players. Uh, and we're going to be stuck with some guy from Sioux Falls in the fourth round or something. <laughs> uh, that's usually how this thing goes. Uh, but no, I'm uh, obviously very excited. We're 10 days out from the draft. And, uh, you know, all, the, all of it kind of fills in based on what happens at 17. And it just feels like there's a lot of variance right now with there. Obviously, I think if the Chargers had the pick, you know, kind of like Steven was talking about last time, I do think they probably actually would take someone like Trevor Penning. Um, but, you know, in this draft, what I would do, I think you take Jameson Williams and and figure out sort of the trenches later uh, with the potential that he has. Hey, man, we got uh, Trey McKitty and Nick Neiman last year, so. Oh, no. Yeah, what's up? Did we get Trey McKitty in that mock draft, though, or was no, that a Trey McKitty was the second one. Oh, took Trey okay. McKitty in like the fifth round in our second one. Well, if if you if we do enough mock drafts and we ended up picking like forty players by the end of it, maybe, you know, <laughs> odds are forty out of two sixty, you'll probably get something. Yeah, I know Daniel. Someone called out Daniel Popper for doing that, kind of as a joke, because he had like fifty <laughs> mock drafts. And he's like, yeah. you, "Don't you do like fifty of these?" He's like, "Shut up." I wrote about <laughs> this guy a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I I like the hall for sure. Like the players that are here, I do like. Uh, edge really sucked for me in the third round. I, I'm yeah. not the, 
I thought Sanders would potentially be there for you or, or you could take Barno or something else. But, you know, to me, when Benito was gone, Jackson was gone. What Williams has that off the field history, really tough spot for the Chargers with edge right now. So they got to figure out edge because it's not well, we didn't take one. So we're kind of SOL there. Yeah, in this instance, you would definitely have to go get, you know, some kind of veteran free agent that slips through the cracks and and figure it out. So I feel like that has always happened to me whenever I do these mock drafts. I'm like, oh, shit, an edge rusher. Oh, shit, a running back. Like, you know what I mean? I just feel like <laughs> right. even with the 10 picks, I always feel like the process just kind of naturally, the, the way you play the board sometimes, you know, there is a certain position that just unfortunately gets, you know, pushed down the board and then, yeah. By the time you're like, oh, I need an edge rusher. It's like, oh, there's none of them left. Yeah. And I mean, just by the end of the draft and the nature of it, it's like one position is going to get the short end of the stick anyway. And yeah. I guess in the way that we did it here, I'd rather that be running back than a more important position, despite my moral and ethical objections to the current <laughs> Chargers backfield uh, <laughs> behind Austin Eckler. So, but uh, I, I think we overall did a good job. Yeah, I mean, you can certainly get undrafted free agent running backs in there and, you know, maybe you strike gold with uh, CJ Verdell in this instance or somebody like right. that. So, yeah. um, all righty, as Alex said, we are officially 10 days away from the draft. Can't wait to get there. So we have uh, a couple more episodes left until then. We're going to do our big board and my guys episode uh, on Thursday. And then we'll uh, have a, the two more episodes after that until the draft. So stay tuned for that. As always, if you are listening to the audio version of this, please leave a rating or a view of the podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. We do really appreciate that. So uh, that's going to do it for us today, guys. Have a great night. We will uh, talk to you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.